What ho, podcast pals. I trust we find you thoroughly braced for another instalment in the ongoing psychodrama that is Discontent Provider, the podcast that aims to provide a mature, considered reflection upon the activities of those in the public arena, to weigh up their arguments in a cool and, well, almost forensically detached fashion, and then, and only then, conclude that they are, almost without exception, as grisly a pack of meretricious fuck stumps as one could hope to meet without witnesses while carrying an exceptionally stout mallet. As is customary, you discover my canine associate and myself in our happy place, a tiny overlooked spot in rural Warwickshire, where the glorious sounds of nature, as embodied in the babbling brook and the full-throated songs of the birds, take most, if not all, at the edge of the gruesome incursions of post-industrial humanity, as embodied by the occasional passing train, very distant traffic, and the soporific chugging of narrowboats navigating the canal. It takes a place like this, cats and kittens, to put one fully at ease and finally get in touch with the essentials of existence. Which is, of course, why I wouldn't dream of telling you where it is. I mean to say, you're all utterly fab and groovy and all, but I'd be fucked with a rusty crowbar before Arkham and I would share it with anyone. More important than that, however, is the fact that it's an ideal spot to cast off the spell of bewildered misery that might fall over somebody who has for example, just watched in gape-mouthed, horrified puzzlement the BBC's latest time-filler, Bridge of Lies. I don't know if you've seen this, and I hope you haven't, but it's a shocker. I I realise that the great British public will do just about anything for money, but being berated with simple trivia questions by Ross Kemp is something else again. It's an odd choice, Kemp. Is he trying to rehabilitate his tough guy image? I've no idea. And I must concede, he he seems entirely personable and likeable in the role of quiz show host, but uh, it is a bit of a jar, nonetheless. It's rather like seeing Helena Bonham Carter in full Regency finery, presiding over a contest in which people are invited to differentiate between supermarket own brand dog foods by tasting. Just not something you'd expect. Well, maybe on Dave. Now I come to think of it, uh, have I missed my calling? Should should this podcast be about pitching game show ideas to daytime schedulers? Ah, possibly not. Now, anyone who is sharp of ear and has a long memory may just have noted that I returned to Young Arkham here as my associate earlier. And so I did. Uh, The thing is, while he's still my bestest pal and his position as the world's greatest lurcher remains wholly unassailable, I have to admit that a certain measure of coolness has sprung up between us at the moment. Uh, Well, it's nothing, of course, merely one of the bumps in the road that can bedevil even the most harmonious and fruitful of partnerships, but it may take some time to iron out. Let me give you the sordid details, eh? The other day, I was, as is customary, spoiling him rotten with some Wilco brand bone-shaped snacklets, about four million of them, as it happens, uh, when I accidentally kicked over his water bowl, drenching the lot and rendering them inedible. Well, obviously, it was an innocent mistake, born of carelessness on my part, but I have to say that the lad took it pretty badly. I'm hoping that replacing the four million treats and adding another million or so as some sort of fine, or you might even say a penalty, 
might uh, square things and set us on the road to reconciliation, and that not only will we soon be mates once more, but that nobody will find out it ever happened. Hey, hey. I'm, uh, yeah, I'm sure that the more astute listeners among you might just have picked up what I was putting down there. But for those who are only paying part attention, perhaps you're driving in heavy traffic, counting reps at the gym, or have bought a stronger batch of your usual tincture than is usual, I should come clean and say that uh, uh, that was, more or less, an allegory. You see, the thing is that a chap has to be careful particularly when one may or may not be, and I admit nothing, discussing a senior government official with uh, litigious nature and allegedly a reputation for bullying. Now, don't get me wrong, I'm not frightened of bullies, and ah, back, in as a day, back in the day, as a young'un, I had no small success in dealing with the bastards. Rather, I think I'm a bit too long in the tooth to be bullied, and that uh, if... I'm to be perfectly candid with you, we now live in a happily enlightened age wherein one can't get a, a bullish shit-witted sycophant onside by suggesting that their alpha male leader might be gay. O tempora, o mores, and all that. I don't intend to dwell upon the tax affairs of anyone today, however. Rather, it's just a jumping off point. Having said that, let's just look at a couple of matters ever so quickly, and uh, then we'll be on our way. For a kickoff, I've seen an awful lot of Zahawi apologists, though not to be to be fair, not as many as one might have expected, uh, pointing out that people are innocent until proven guilty. Or is this Russia? Well, to these, I think it's worth pointing out that this is not a criminal matter, apparently, and so that particular rule doesn't apply. Of course, if breaches of parliamentary standards were to be uh, overseen by the police, with the possibility of criminal prosecution being an ever-present threat, then yes, that would be so, and he would be entitled to that consideration. Until such time, however, that MPs are subject to such scrutiny, as opposed to, you know, being put up against a committee made up of a trio of fellow MPs and a gaggle of nodding dogs with no more expertise than could be found on the bench at a provincial magistrate's court, that ain't gonna happen. Secondly, and this one does surprise me, the alleged fiscal blunder took place while Mr Z was Chancellor of the Exchequer. So, while it's perfectly relevant to inquire as to whether or not the current Prime Minister knew about the business before appointing him party chairman, isn't it reasonable to ask if Boris Johnson, the PM at the time, knew what the lad he put in charge of the nation's purse strings had been up to? Hmm, just a thought. People haven't bashed Boris for a while. Might be a fruitful area to explore, I don't know. These are, of course, just the idle musings of an idle mind. Good for a couple of cheap points in a Twitter fight, but not much else. I'd ah, just throw them into the maelstrom of speculation. I only really mention it because... Well, it's a pretty low-hanging fruit and everybody else is having a bash at it, so I might as well. Uh, but in addition to that, it might be my last chance to do so. You see, the net is closing around free speech, it seems. Dissident voices are being silenced. The malcontents are being sat upon. And anyone thinking about striking or demonstrating had best be keenly interested in both porridge and non-consensual sodomy. These aren't just the paranoid ravings of an old folky who pretty much began with black helicopters and then skipped merrily off to the races, but the results of actual bona fide research. 
A study published this week by the advocacy group Index has pushed uh, the not notably United Kingdom's back to the third tier of countries ranked in terms of freedom of expression. Using data from such sources as UNESCO's Observatory of Killed Journalists, what a plum job that must be, uh, the World Press Freedom Index and Reporters Without Borders, the study painted a rather grim picture of what it is to be a journalist or truth-teller in these troubled times. Britain is now apparently only partially open, with government agencies, the police, etc., having been found to use, to say the least, questionable techniques in dealing with reporters, photographers or whistleblowers attempting to cover, let alone challenge, official positions. Uh, to be fair, this study it should be pointed out, was carried out in 2021, a time when Covid fears, the debate over vaccination and whatnot, were raging across the land like, well, like a pandemic, I suppose. Uh, so perhaps it could be seen as being an exceptional time. At least it could be seen that way if the numerous infractions cited had anything to do with misinformation about the coronavirus or the jab being pushed. Were that the case, we could just put it down to the hysteria that came with what were, let's face it, fucking weird times and move on. Unfortunately, that isn't what these index bogs are getting at. They seem more interested in stuff like the UK's craven submission to the Americans vis-a-vis -vis the extradition of Julian Assange, uh, the police raid on journalists' houses in Northern Ireland, and the obstruction of ministerial departments to request for data made under the Freedom of Information Act. Now, admittedly, dear old Blighty is far from the worst offender. Countries like Qatar, Bahrain, Cuba, China, Russia and any others of the international baddies came off a lot worse. And for that, I suppose we ought to consider ourselves lucky. Or should we? Uh, let's face it, a country that has mouthed off about freedom of the press for the past 150 years or so should absolutely give itself more than a casual once-over in the old mirror if the best it has to say of its once-proud ideals is, well, at least we're not North Korea, wouldn't you say? Well, on a personal note, I have to admit that uh, this is a frightfully disquieting turn of events. If they can pull this sort of shit on legitimate journalists, what chance does a podcaster stand? We are, after all, a global community of loudmouth, utterly disposable, semi-informed pricks pretty much fated to be first up against the wall when the gloves finally come off. You can then understand my reluctance to touch upon any irregularities that might have come to light following HMRC investigations into the financial affairs of uh, Nadim Zahawi. No, on that matter I can only say this. Is it a coincidence that this report has appeared in the same week that the MP for Stratford-upon-Avon, the home of the immortal bard himself, I might add, is being quizzed over tax fiddles, and yet not one of our beloved and irreverent news outlets have made any Shakespearean references. Uh, no touch of he who steals from me my purse steals trash, but he that filches from me my good name takes that which not enriches him but makes me poor indeed. No mention of how an offshore trust fund by any other name would smell as fishy as a trawlerman's foreskin, or anything of that nature. It's true. The formerly pun-happy press are but neutered lickspittles. This is a fucking totalitarian nightmare, my dear podcast pals. And having once more brought a touch of sunshine to your souls, it's time for Arkham and I to head off. 
So until next week, please remember that all facts and quotes are gathered from reputable media sources. Ha! All opinions contained herein are my own and should be used for entertainment purposes only. And if you have anything to say, pick up your digi-quills and dash off a sonnet or two to discontentprovider at gmx.co.uk. Please tell your chums about this if you think they'd be interested. And should your podcast platform of choice provide the opportunity to leave a review, we could naff do with a couple of bangers to get us off the ground, you know. And now, the song at the end. Cheerio! Right then, you. You ready to get off? Okay. Are we still pals? Ah, I love you too, buddy. Supplying terrorists with top-notch arms Hint broadly that Kirstama might be gay It really isn't such a chore There's money in it, maybe more It's nearly on a season Have a CBE Of course we're not such awful guys We're quite willing to compromise To keep up the illusion We will give you scraps some backbencher don't fit in, go do a hatchet job on him Just keep all the big stuff under wraps We're not some kind of third world junta You can do exactly what you want We won't meddle with your papers, policies Feel free to choose your photos and your font We realise that it stings a bit But pretty soon you will admit It's better than the five stars down at Wormwood Scrubs You print will be the date If you think we can't control the whole of the media Just have a look and see who runs the BBC